Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the In No Hurry podcast. This is an exciting episode. This is something that Emily and I get to do every year. We get to celebrate our wedding anniversary. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. This is our sixth wedding anniversary. This is, I guess, the fourth time we've done this podcast where we reflect on the last year of our lives. And we have a lot of updates for this past year. And I guess one of the biggest ones is we are sitting in our new kitchen, in our new house. We have since bought a house and moved houses this past year. I was just thinking about before we got on the podcast, how this is the third year in a row we've been in a different place for our anniversary. We lived in, not by choice, but we've lived in three different places. And so hopefully we will be in this house for a long time. And so next year we'll be here and it will become a more regular thing. Yeah, obviously, if you've listened for a long time, you are aware we, we went through a situation just over two years ago where a tornado hit our house and displaced us, and we were uh, living with Emily's parents for about nine months and then moved back into our house uh, last year. And then this past summer, had the opportunity to buy a house, and it wasn't just any house. Emily, I'll let you explain why this house is so special to us. So currently, we are sitting in our kitchen which is the kitchen of the house that my grandparents owned and lived in for about 40 years. So this is not a new house to me, but it's a new house to us, and it's really special, and I'm super excited to celebrate our first Christmas here together. So yeah, this has been a really, really good year, and I think, one, what, I guess where I want to start is just kind of reflecting on like our biggest takeaways of this past year, and something that I have said a lot whenever I have reflected on this year is that, you know, the last couple of years, especially 2022 when we were displaced, it was a, a pretty trying time for us. The end of 2021, beginning of 2022, we went through a lot of stuff and it was just like one thing after another, after another. And really when I reflect on 2023, I feel like it's just been a lot of blessings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there like a word or idea that comes to mind when you reflect on this past year? I don't know if I've been that literal in terms of thinking about a word or a phrase or something to kind of wrap up how I feel. I think mostly I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that it is the end of the year. And so with our anniversary comes the end of our, like each year that we've been married, but then also pretty much the end of the actual calendar year. So I'm thinking about 2023 and it still feels like we just started. So Mm -hmm. I think, I guess this podcast is probably going to be my way of thinking about how I feel about this year. Um, I have saved this Olipop (laughs) to have on the podcast. So I'm going to have it now if I can open it. So I think I've always been a fan of treating myself but it's nice to feel like we didn't encounter, and I mean, the year's still not over, but hopefully we will not encounter anything bad. But this has been the a year in our marriage that's felt like it's had the least amount of turmoil and struggle for us. So I think that's probably my greatest takeaway, Yeah, if that's not kind of depressing to say yeah not between you and me just in our lives in general we just had a lot of stuff it just right the list didn't want to be confused but yeah we we i feel like there's just been a lot of chaos mm-hmm. and i'm hoping i know that this is 
maybe not always likely, but when I think about 2024, I'm hoping that it's just full of more stability. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to be moving. Uh, I changed <laughs> changed jobs last year, mm-hmm. and then we moved back into our house, and then this summer we moved to a new house, and mm-hmm. it's just been a lot of change, and a lot of it has been good, but I am hopeful for maybe just a little bit more leveling off of the chaos that we've endured the last few years. You know, obviously in 2020, even before this, everybody was living through chaos, so that yeah. wasn't just us, but uh, we had other things going on too. But, you know, this it's just been a, a year where I really – it was super hard the last couple of years. And just to think back to all the many blessings that have happened after we've gone through those trials. And I know that that is somewhat of like a, an overwrought idea, but I mean, really when you go through trials, like we did with the tornado and sickness and you had car issues and, and God knows what else there, there really is going to be blessings that come from that. Even if it's not something that you literally feel in the moment, but, I believe God is testing you. God is making you stronger and there's going to be some blessing that comes from that. And I feel like for us, uh, we, we have been able to finally bask in a little bit of that. And that has been really nice. And what's been really cool too, is one of the biggest blessings I think that, that I consider of this past year is getting asked to lead a small group at our church. We've been able to host that at our house. And I think that is one of the biggest blessings of this house is that we finally have the space to do that, the space to host other people, what is, what's kind of been your biggest takeaway from just being able to get involved in church more, have people over at our house, be able to lead a small group and, and see people grow in their walk with God? So I think for me personally, I've always just enjoyed getting my energy from being around people. I think the older that I get, the more introverted I feel and the more apprehensive I feel to take on roles like this. But this is something that I feel like we've been praying about since we've been married. And so for the past six years, you know, we've been a part of probably six different life groups. Six or seven. Six or seven different life groups. And not not because they weren't great, but because our life groups either got too large and we were placed in a new one or, you know, we tried a couple different churches when we lived in Indiana. So we had different small groups there. But... I'm just really thinking of something you said a minute ago, and maybe this will be kind of a theme, hopefully, or the word that I want for 2024. I don't think I necessarily had a word for this year, but if I had to come up with one for next year, maybe, we'll see, hopefully, maybe it would be settle. And I don't mean like settle like, oh, you're lowering your expectations, but like to settle in, to be, you know, to be at ease, to to be comfortable, I guess, in a way, because I feel like I have always loved hosting and we have hosted different people at our house throughout the years. And like, I've always wanted our home to be a place where people could come and find refuge and find rest and just feel comfortable and feel at ease. And I think we definitely had that in our last house, but because this house is a little bigger and I mean, we own it, so there's more, you know, stake in it and we can do whatever we want with it. This feels like the perfect perfect opportunity to host people. And then obviously with us leading this small group, it felt like the per- perfect, I can't talk, the perfect <laughs> place to host. And that's been really, really sweet because we have seen, I mean, just in this semester of doing our small group, it's been so fun to get to know 
these couples. So we're leading um, a group of newly married couples. We have close to, gosh, I'm going to say like eight or nine couples. Does yeah. that sound about right? It's a lot, yeah. Um, obviously, give or take some weeks, people have busy lives. Some have kids or, you know, are about to have kids. So we have busy and unique schedules. But it's been really fun to host people and to just see this home be full of people because growing up, this was always the house where we would come for holidays and it just always felt like home to me. And obviously it's different (laughs) to live here as an adult and my grandparents not to be here and all that kind of stuff. But I like to think that there's, there's life in this house still. And that makes me really happy. And it's also just been a really wonderful opportunity for us because, I mean, obviously we have prayed for years to find community here in Bowling Green, even though we both have lived here previously and have had community in the past. We found that it's been a little bit more difficult as adults, you know, no longer in school. Mm-hmm. And so I think my biggest takeaway from this and obviously helping people in their walk with the Lord but has just been connecting with people and nurturing and hopefully growing those relationships and turning them more into some close friendships. Yeah. Adult friendships are just really hard. It's just when you're working, you're not able to be as involved with certain things. It's not like in college where you have clubs or organizations or even classes or you're living in dorms together where it's easy to make friends. And so when you and then you add in children and, and marriages and all that into it and it just makes it infinitely more difficult and so we've been really blessed to be a part of the young adult ministry at our church uh, but we've been really hoping and praying for more of a leadership role and just a way to be more involved and so we were a little bit apprehensive at first mm-hmm. to, to take on this role because we really loved the small group that we were a part of and we weren't leading that one we were just part of it and so leaving that was difficult but uh, I, I knew that this would be something that I think timing wise, it was perfect as we were, it was, uh, we were asked right as we were about Mm -hmm. to move into this house. And it just felt like it was one of those things that, uh, God was calling us to do. And I know that that seems kind of cliche to say that, but I I really felt like it was just the right timing. And, and so we've been really, really blessed. I know like when I think back on this past year, I know you like to do these, uh, photo albums each year that kind of have highlights of the last year of our marriage and things like that. And those are really cool to keep this would, that, that would be on my highlight reel is being able to have uh, our small group over. We had a bonfire one night where we Mm -hmm. had some friends from our previous small group, people from our current small group, and then just some other friends from the city and from church come over. And that was really special just to have all these people at our new house. That was shortly after we moved in. Mm -hmm. So things like that would be on my highlight reel. When when you think about, you know, the, the images that stand out, the memories that stand out for you, from this point last year to now, what are what are the ones that come to mind? Just in general? Yeah, just in general. Okay. Um, well, we've had a really big year in terms of trips yep. and places we've gone and visited and experiences that we've had. And, you know, our entire marriage, I mean, frankly, our entire relationship, I have wanted to go back to Europe. And so I feel like this year... That is the thing that stands out the most to me. Also seeing your your Awala in front of me with your Switzerland sticker and your Austria <laughs> sticker keeps that on the front of my mind. But it's just such a huge part of my story 
is like my love for Austria and studying abroad there in college and you know the summer that we met so I am just so grateful that we got to go that was such a wonderful experience and I want to go every single day and it's really (laughs) hard to not want to be there all the time yeah but I mean you know like don't you feel like you can see where I'm coming from now yeah yeah, and so when I asked this question, I, I was kind of wanting it to be a, a launch pad for us to talk about our trip to Europe mm-hmm. because this was something we talked about wanting to do as a five-year anniversary trip. And with our wedding being in December and our anniversary being in December, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that kind of a trip in the winter. Yeah, and so not we, the one we wanted. It right. Yeah. And so we planned, we, we took it as a five-year anniversary trip, but we went in May. And so mm-hmm. the weather was much nicer and it was beautiful and this was a really, really special trip for me because my maternal grandmother was born and raised in Zurich and lived in Switzerland until she moved to the United States. And she's talked glowingly her whole life that I've known her about Switzerland. And I just have always wanted to go. And I felt like there was a big part of me that I wasn't tapping into because I didn't, haven't, hadn't experienced this part of my culture. I mean, my mother's mom was born and raised in Zurich, Switzerland. And I hadn't even been to Europe. And so I was so grateful that we got to go to Zurich. We visited uh, a couple of places where she lived, or at least where her parents lived. One where I know she lived, mm-hmm. and then one where I, I think her, her father at least lived. And she moved all over. And, and one of the towns she spent a lot of time in was a little bit away where we couldn't get to. But just being there and knowing that my grandmother had spent time there was really, really special. And, and uh Sadly, she passed away just about a month and a half or so after mm-hmm. that trip on July 4th. And what was really special, I guess, was that Emily and I got to go back home in Evansville, where I'm from, and visit her uh, in one of her final days. And I showed her pictures from Zurich and Lucerne, Switzerland, and she recognized them and just talked about how how beautiful they were and, and I just, I was really glad I got to share that with Mm -hmm. her. Uh, I think I would have really been sad had I not been able to go, uh, if if I would have gone after she had passed away. And I I just, I wish that I had been able to go, you know, when she was younger, where I could have had more of a conversation with her about it. Because I just, when I finally got over there, I, I was just, you know, my brother has done such a great job of keeping up with our family genealogy and has so much history on her time in Switzerland. And there's, it's, her story is fascinating i mean it it really she she went through a lot when she was younger she had a pretty traumatic childhood and she met a a u.s soldier who was in switzerland during the korean war and fell in love and moved over to evansville i mean it's just as like when i think about just all the events that had to lead to me Mm -hmm. even being born yeah it's pretty remarkable and so i i just i wish i could have been able to talk to her more about it but i definitely want to go back to switzerland i would love to go with my siblings at some point yeah, that'd be so cool. and i would love to to be able to take our kids one day because mm-hmm. not only the sentimental part of it but just switzerland in general is so beautiful zurich i know i talked about it when we were there but it just felt like such a cool vibe like everybody was just chill relaxing having a good time the food there was phenomenal we had a little uh what do they call it a tuck tuck ride yeah, where we, we rode around and, and just kinda ate fondue and that was a really cool way. It was like right when we got there and we got mm-hmm. to see the city that way. Lucerne was absolutely beautiful. The background on my phone now is Lucerne. So that was like the quintessential 
I think Switzerland image because mm-hmm. we were on the water and then you could see the it's Alps. Like a medieval town, yeah. Yeah, that that was really cool. We had a great lunch at a Greek spot there. I mean, every meal that we had there was <laughs> awesome. So I feel like you are acting like we only went to Switzerland. Well, we yeah, we went to Germany, we went to Austria, and then we also went to France. Mm-hmm. And so we all we did all these. They were all relatively close to each other. It was cool. We got to st- stay with Emily's uh, aunt and uncle who were stationed over there in the military in Stuttgart, Germany. And so we stayed with them. They were gracious enough to host us for a few days and uh, took us to Munich one day. Munich was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved Munich. Uh, we, we saw Heidelberg. We were both pretty tired because that was the day we got off the flight. And so we were about dead about midway through the day. But Heidelberg, was, from what I remember, was beautiful. And then Munich was really, really cool. And then Colmar, France was a quaint little town. We saw, I guess, the, the village that mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast was based after. And then um, the, the cities in, in Switzerland were beautiful mm-hmm. as well. So there was there's so many places that that I loved that we visited. And obviously, like, I, I want to go to Italy now and we want to mm-hmm. go to England and uh, uh, England. England, Scotland, mm-hmm. all of it. So <laughs> I want to go. I, I, it's just. I think I, I have a greater Someone appreci- sponsor this podcast so that we can travel. <laughs> yeah. I just I think I have a greater appreciation for just other walks of life. And I know mm-hmm. I mean I know we were in like first world countries, but yeah. even just seeing the, the history the differences of how people live and I, I know I said this before, but it, it just when we were there it felt like Americans are, are just very self-centered. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I'm grateful to live in the United States. I'm not saying anything that I don't want to live here. I you know some people go to Europe and they have this enlightening where they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to <laughs> live in America anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. It just was really was most evident, I think, in the airports where yeah. like you go to Europe and, and what's cool for us is that everybody there does speak English. And I think to some degree... To um, some degree. To, yeah. to, and then to some degree, Americans, I think, expect... People over there speak English, which is a rather self-centered you way. Speak of, American, Cole. Yeah, is that what people say? Speak American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but then you come back to the United States, like even in even in the Heathrow Airport, the signage was in English, and then it was in multiple other languages. Mm-hmm. And then we flew into Chicago, and the only language you see is English. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that like the TSA employees were <laughs> way less patient than the ones that we very, experienced very in. Rude. Very and it's like you know to to foreigners and so I just I think we have a very self centered way of living in the United States and so I think whenever you travel to see other cultures, you're able to see just more perspective. You know what we should do? What we should play a game where we say like I'm gonna say stuff that we did or like places that we went and you're gonna tell me three words. Okay. Okay. And. Well, you can you can ask me too okay. because I have some words. Okay. So I want you. We're gonna go. Well, I don't want to. I don't like this entire podcast about our trip to Europe, but it was important and we had a good time. <laughs> um, we can do like one or two of these little games. <sighs> but I want to talk about my sandwich in the train station. Okay. Well, the floor. <laughs> the floor. The floor is yours. You could t- okay. There were like I had two of the best pizzas I've ever had. One in Austria, one in Switzerland. No, no, you're. you're I'm just saying. You I'm have to play the game, and then I'm gonna say something. Okay. And you're gonna say pizza. Okay. And then we're gonna be like, "What do you mean, Cole?" Okay. And uh, then I don't know how the game's gonna play. So you start okay. us off. So I'm gonna say, um, Colmar. Crepes. 
Mm-hmm. Allergies. I was going to say Kleenex. You well, should make it alliteration. Well, Crepes, Kleenex, okay. and Castles. Okay. <laughs> Crepes, Kleenex, and Castles. Yes, that is true. I had, oh my gosh. Bless Cole. Just the absolute worst experience that I've ever had with allergies. In your defense, we went and like during that season. I mean, you know. So I get allergies. Like I just I have allergy issues frequently, mm-hmm. just incessantly runny nose, having to blow my nose, like all of it, watery eyes, you you name it. Whatever it was in Colmar was like think of like the worst hurricane possible. Mm-hmm. That was like what was happening in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a, literally a picture of Emily that Emily took of me. I have a Kleenex box in my hand walking mm-hmm. down the street to Colmar. That's how bad it was. Yeah. I mean, it was, and, and usually this will happen. It lasts like a day, maybe two. This was so bad that like the back of my mouth and my jaw were hurting Yeah. because of how much like pressure and blowing of my nose. I mean, it was, it was so bad. And I felt awful because I wanted to experience this trip mm-hmm. and we had planned this what we thought was going to be a winery oh tour. Oh my gosh. And it ended up being like a village tour that lasted. 10 last, hour tour. It was two hours longer than it was supposed to be. And it was not at all. I mean, it was a great time, but it was like in a day like that where my nose just will not stop running. It's like going and going and going and going. I mean, it's just anybody who's listening and you've gone through that, you know what it's like. It's like I really just wanted to be laid in bed with tissue shoved up my nose and going to sleep. <laughs> like that was all I wanted to do. And we were having to go to this village and then this village and then this village and this village. And I was like, this is supposed to be a wine tour. When are we going to get wine? Yeah. And that was the very last thing. And we ended up going to this like local little winery and we all just sat on a basically like a bench. And lest we forget <laughs> about the white asparagus. That was so yeah, weird too. Yeah, it was weird too. Okay, but, this but what was, about the crepes? Well, the, hold on. The, the, you can't the, talk about your allergies for 45 minutes. Well, months. this was a pivotal time of the trip. And so we sat on this, like, I mean, it was just like a wooden bench. And the guy who was our tour guide, I mean, he just, we all, it was like a single file, like all in a row, like you're like <laughs> at school like or something. Yeah, I felt like a field trip. <laughs> and he's just like pouring wine into these, bo- like, try this, try that. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm getting up to go to blow my nose and all this stuff. And it was I, a lot of wine. And I was just like, I want to go back to the hotel. <laughs> and our hotel, that hotel did not even have a shower, it just had a bath. Which yeah. Was, was, uh, but the crepes were the, the crepes were great. Emily did not like. We had a, we had a meal where it was like a crepe with like ham and egg in the middle of it, and it was like kind of more savory than sweet. I actually really liked it. Then we had a, a sweet crepe, uh, crepe after that, so that was good. Mm-hmm. The best part though of that trip, well, not the best part, but as related to my allergies, we went into a, a pharmacy, which they have like <laughs> eight pharmacies on every block in Colmar, at least. And I was just going to go in and look for what I thought looked like cough drops. And one of my biggest fears whenever we booked this trip was like, what do I do if people don't know how to talk to me or I don't know how to communicate (laughs) with them? And so we go into this pharmacy and I don't know a lick of French. And You do now. Yeah, I do now. But this woman (laughs) walked up to me, the pharmacist, and just starts talking to me, and I freeze. I'm like looking at Emily, and I'm like, 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 I, like I think she's gonna translate for me or something. And I had two semesters of French in college did not pay off. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking Emily, Emily's ancestors were French, so maybe <laughs> she just like could harness the French 
language or something, but I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. And this woman is like trying to talk to me and I'm like, I don't. And I just, I think I just said, I don't know what you're saying. And I don't think she knew what I was saying. And I just was like trying to communicate. Like it was like sign language. I just need cough drops. And so she starts doing like, like mimicking like, like a cough. And then she's like, like, do you need to like, like a lozenge. Yeah, she was like trying to like mime them. And I was like, I don't know. I just want cough drops. And so we ended up buying something. I don't know what it said. It was cough drops. It was cough drops. And now I look back, I'm like, we should have just used the dang Google Translate on the iPhone. Yeah, I don't know what you were doing. Well, I don't know what we were doing. Well, I wasn't in the right headspace because that was my... We got you the right thing. Yeah, we ended, up, we ended up getting the right thing. But that was hilarious because I was like, I don't know what this person is saying. And I but don't know how to But also you think about them. like Europe... There's, I mean, so much, at least from my experience of it, so much less of a focus on like pharmaceuticals and like, you know, medicine. And it's like, there's other methods to heal things. And so you go into a pharmacy and it's way less medication than it is other things. Yeah. So I feel like if you went to a pharmacy in the United States and you didn't speak English, there's like 85 different antacids and 85,000 different, you know, like just different specific types of medication. And I feel like it's hard enough knowing English. I'm like, do I need the generic version? Do I need the regular version? Do I need, oh, but this one has extra strength and blah, blah, blah. You know? So it's like, it's, it's hard enough here, let alone when you don't speak the language. So that's fair. And then castles, we went on a castle tour. Yeah, that was cool. That was, uh, I think that was a couple of castles. One of the best parts is just to see, Architect, I guess you can call it architecture. That's so, that's so old. Like mm-hmm. here in the United States, we think something that's from the 1800s is old, mm-hmm. which I guess in our context it is. But you go to Europe, and I mean, you're seeing, you're standing in these mm-hmm. buildings that are hundreds and hundreds, mm-hmm. in some cases maybe even close to a thousand mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. and that's pretty remarkable to think about. It's pretty yeah. like just mind-boggling to think about all the different people that have maybe seen this building. Okay, your turn. Cause I wanna... Oh, you, uh, to say city. Okay. Yeah, I will, or something, so okay. I can say some words. Uh, Austria. Um, are you laughing because you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, gelato. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, gosh, I want to say more than three words. Well, three? It's, um, you, made the, you made the game up, so it's your Okay, rules. gelato, walk, and awala. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite parts about living in Austria is that there's literally a gelato place like every two seconds away. And interestingly enough, zero things in Europe affect my digestive system like they do in the United States. So in the United States, I can't really eat any dairy at all. I I do eat a little bit, but every time I eat ice cream, I feel horrible, horrible. And so I could eat gelato every single day in Europe and be perfectly fine because I'm guessing the way it's processed and the way it's made is cleaner and it doesn't affect my stomach like that. So that's great. But it was so fun to get gelato again and to sit by the lake that I sat at almost every single day when I lived there and then for you to see it and it was so beautiful. And then... We walked around the whole city where I lived in Austria. It was called Bregenz, or it's called Bregenz. And it's on um, Bodensee, which is the lake there. And then across the lake is Germany. And on the other side of the lake is Switzerland. So it is kind of in the 
south, I guess, southwestern portion of the country. Um, and so that was really fun to take the train there and to see all that. And the most devastating part of the entire trip, so we were just there for a day. It was just a day trip that we took from my aunt and uncle's house on the train, is that I had a beloved water bottle that I took on the trip with us, and I left it in the park. Mm -hmm. And I'm still sad about it six months later. It was such a good water bottle. And before you guys ask, I can't buy it again because it was like this exclusive color with a walla. So I'm fine. I have other emotional support water bottles that have gotten me through, <laughs> but that was really tragic. And I asked my sweet friend that lives in Germany or he did, he doesn't live there anymore, but I asked him if he would go back to the park and see if it was there. Well, and he, he lives close he to that. Yeah. yeah, he did. And it wasn't there. Yeah. So we tried. Yeah. But... I was going to say we mm -hmm. all, we, we thought we had hope because this guy that Emily studied abroad with that summer still lives in that area and was heading to the same town like the next yeah, day yeah and he was like yeah i'll look there usually people are nice about leaving stuff if it's like they don't you know they just assume somebody's coming to get it hope that austrian person's enjoying it so we uh <laughs> we're hopeful that he could find it but alas hope they are he did not yeah and also lest we forget the italian place where you had your amazing pizza yeah. and I had my amazing pasta. Another thing that I cannot normally eat in the United States without feeling some discomfort. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. And it was just, ugh, I just wish we could live like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, we walked a ton and like, honestly, we ate a lot of stuff that have we, had we eaten in America, probably we would have gained several pounds, but because it was made for, I think in a, mm -hmm. in a better way, and we walked so much. When we came back, I think I actually either weighed the same, if not less, I than left, I did. I weighed less. But, I mean, it's also just because we're so much more sedentary here. Yeah. Like, we, you know, so much of our lives are through car. And, yeah. you know, sitting. And, I mean, we're relatively active people, but it's just not a part of this culture as much as it is there. Yeah, that's for sure. So, I don't know, any, any of the last takeaways from the Europe trip? I don't want to belabor the whole conversation on Europe, but um, it was awesome. Well, I think that we should make it an every five-year thing at least, okay. if we can. Like, obviously, if we're blessed enough to be able to afford that. Yeah. Um, I would much rather spend my money on traveling than something else. So, I can foresee us doing that if that's possible. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's fair. Because there's obviously a lot of places in the United States that we want to see, oh, too. Oh, for sure. We tried to make it a point to visit every region mm -hmm. of the country. I still think the one area that we've not been to is the Big Sky Country, mm -hmm. and that is an area that I, I really want to go to. So I think once we cross that area off, we will have hit basically everywhere in the United oh, States. Oh, look at this. Did you see the thing I posted to my Instagram story? No. Um, it's like this little map of all the places that I've visited. Oh, I did see that, yeah. And so the only area of the country that I haven't visited is like Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, yep. North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa. I've been to every other area of the country, um, with the exception of like some random No Wisconsin or Michigan, though. Right. So I haven't been to like those portions of the Midwest or I guess that's, what is that just considered the West? Uh, that's Big Sky Country. Northwest? Yeah, that's Big Sky Country. Because we've been to the Pacific Northwest and we've been to the Southwest. So yeah. that would be the next region that we probably need to go to within the U.S. And then Alaska. Oh, Alaska. Alaska. You've been to Hawaii. I have not been to Hawaii. Yeah, I would rather go to Alaska than Hawaii, yeah. though. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Well, you've already been to Hawaii, so. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. That's when my aunt and uncle lived there, so that was nice to visit. But I also just feel like Alaska has, I mean, obviously it's so much bigger. It's just massive, so there would be so many things to see there. I just feel like in terms of things that you're not going to find anywhere else, Alaska feels like that for me, like glaciers and, you know, all the national parks and the wildlife and stuff like Hawaii. And where Chris McCandless went into the, into That's the right. wild. And well, I, feel, I feel like Hawaii probably, I haven't been in the Caribbean, but I feel like it probably feels pretty similar to the Caribbean. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. Do not get me wrong. Like it was beautiful, but um, I just feel like in terms, if you had compare those two, I would rather go to Alaska. Okay. That's fair. But to be determined, I haven't been. Yeah. So we'll see if I feel that same way after going one day. Yeah. Well, what else stands out to you about this past year? What are some things that you have learned? I don't know. Do you feel wiser hmm. as we celebrate six years of marriage that you didn't know before <laughs> last year? I, I don't know. <laughs> so it's our six year anniversary. I just turned 30. We just bought a new house. We went back to one of my favorite places in the world. Um, went to Minnesota for the first time. That was fun. It was good to see people. Um, we went on a family vacation. That was really sweet. And I don't know. I just feel like it's been a year of moving forward, I guess. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like so much of 2022 was just like surviving. Yeah. We were truly just surviving and trying to figure out like what the future looked like. And I think we were more hopeful this time last year than we were the year before, you know, of like being back in our house and getting, you know, our footing and everything like that. But I feel like now we can maybe dream even more, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this has been a year of growth. Um, as I've talked about a lot on this podcast, I've been trying to write a book for several years. And one of the first steps of making that happen is to sign with a literary agent. Well, I was able to do that this year. Wow. And I am so thrilled. Uh, Shout out to Blythe. I'm I'm in the process of finishing my book proposal, and hopefully early 2024, uh, my agent, Blythe Daniel, will be sending that out to potential publishers. So we have a lot of hopes for 2024. The book probably would not be published until... 2025 maybe even 2026 because that's how the publishing world works uh if if it does (laughs) if it does get a deal let's hope that people actually want to pick it up uh but i'm just so thankful to have somebody that uh believed in me so much of the christian publishing world is like a blur like you don't really know (laughs) what people are looking for you hear a lot about you have to have a big platform and a lot of times people that just have like, you know, a brand or whatever are the ones that get a book deal. It's not always a meritocracy. It's not always the ones with good ideas or best writing or things like that and not throwing shade at anybody. It just is it's it's a it's a pretty saturated thing and there's a lot of noise and so it's hard to stand out. Uh, and so I'm just grateful that there's somebody who uh, who believed in me and her son was actually on this podcast earlier this year. Her son is uh, in middle school and wrote a book that just has some, some funny jokes. And he came on to talk about, you know, his process of writing that and being just an everyday, uh, teenager and, and writing a book. So you can check that out. His name is William Daniel. And that was one of the the more listened to episodes of this year. 
actually. And he's the youngest guest I've ever had. So uh, that's been a really, really good thing. And we, like I said, we've been in a lot of, you know, um, shuffling where we moved houses and a lot of stuff going on. So the, the book writing process has not uh, gone as quickly as I would have hoped, but the idea is there and, and the work is, is being completed. And so I just have a lot that I'm excited for as it relates to that. Yeah, it feels like one of those years where the things that we prayed for finally came into fruition and even some things that I don't even know if we actually directly prayed for. I was thinking about that the other day, like how I never would have seen us where we are now, but the Lord knew what was on our hearts and obviously always knows what's best for us even when we don't know. Um, And so I'm just really grateful that we can we can see that and we can see that he provides even like in reflecting back and see okay even in those moments where it was really hard and things you know obviously felt uncertain at different times again like not necessarily in our marriage but just you know because when you are married to somebody everything that happens to them and happens to you affects everything so i think it's just really nice to see i guess the fruit of the past few years of, of moving through those, those hard spots. Yeah. And you know, whenever we got married, our pastor and, and I, we, we've mentioned this probably every year we've done one of these episodes, but Greg Farrell, our pastor mentioned whenever we were going through the premarital counseling and then at our wedding too, just the idea that like, you know, a lot of people like to talk about how marriage is hard. And I think I understand where they're coming from. I understand the sentiment, but Greg's point with that is always that marriage is not hard. It's life that's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And the things that we endured, they were things that happened in life. And I think a lot of people project their stress or their angst from those life events onto their marriage because they're with their spouse every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe their that person's reaction can exacerbate their anger or frustration. And so they think like this is a marital issue and you know we went through a tornado we went through sickness like i said your car thing uh initially wanting to buy a house only to find out that wasn't going to be possible you know there were jobs that i was hoping would pan out that didn't uh ultimately grateful to find the one that i have now but just we had you know disappointments just personal disappointments and things like that and what i'll always say to people is i would much rather go through that stuff with a spouse than by mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And so uh, there's inherently things that are different mm-hmm. when you get married. Your life is different. You're considering someone else's needs and desires among yours. Mm-hmm. But when you go through the, the trials of life like we had the last couple of years, I, I cannot imagine having gone through any of that by myself. Me either. So I, I think anybody who is whether you're a young young married couple or a seasoned married couple that that is the advice that I would give from take it for what it's worth from somebody who's been married 6 years i know it's not a long time but i, I just i really believe that like i i would much rather go through things like this by myself than or by with a spouse than by myself um and that's if you're a single person i mean like you have family and friends it's just like you don't want to go through any of this stuff by yourself but I, I just, I, I want to try to dispel the idea that like we tell all these young married couples when they, when they get married, like, oh, you better be prepared. 
marriage is going to be so hard. It's going to be a lot of work. Well, and, it, and there's that narrative with parents, like being parent too. Yeah. So I feel like it's just reframing that thought of like, okay, yeah, there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be challenges that come with that because it's no longer all about yourself. It's about somebody else and what they want and factoring them in. And, you know, I think that's the part that we would maybe consider hard is like, oh, I have to think about so-and-so. It's not just, I mean, whether that's your, your spouse or your child, you have to think about their needs and how you can, you know, be a part of helping them meet those needs as well as just what your needs are as a couple and as a family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you no longer can live in a self-centered way. And if you do, then yeah, married life is going to get difficult Mm -hmm. because when you agree to get married, you agree to put the other person ahead of you. That's Mm -hmm. why, I mean, a lot of times people refer to marriage as a sacrifice because Mm -hmm. you are sacrificing your needs in favor of the other person's. And ideally, a strong marriage, there's going to be compromise. It's not always going to be like one person capitulating to the other. Otherwise, it's like right now, Emily's putting up with me because I keep spitting on her face as we're talking. Um, So thank you for your sacrifice in that way. It's Mm -hmm. very kind of you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But a, a good marriage, I think, is going to be, there's going to have some give and take involved because there's going to be times where you just I'm have doing to, a lot. I'm having a lot of giving right now. This is what I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a lot that you're giving right now as you. <laughs> on me. Okay. <laughs> this podcast just got a little weird. Uh, but seriously though, it just, it takes a lot of compromise. And, and I know that that's obviously been said. It's not anything new, but I just, I don't know. I really, I really believe that. And if I repeat this every year, we do one of these, then I apologize. But then again, I don't, because I want people to hear it. I want people to mm-hmm. really understand that. Like, it, it's, it is kind of a provocative statement. Like, marriage isn't hard. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's, it's somewhat provocative, and people are, would have. Some people might have, I don't know, a little bit of a, of a strong response to that. But I think the more that we can do to fight against these typical narratives, like it just makes me cringe. Anytime I've gone to a wedding of one of our friends and I hear the wedding officiant say something like that, it's like, why are we inherently and immediately Mm -hmm. putting this negative thought process in this young couple's mind? Like they they have so many things to think about Mm -hmm. as they navigate joining their life with someone. Yeah. Like, they understand it's going to be different. There's going to be difficulties to it, but like we should always be encouraging them. Like, and I know some people would be like, well, this advice is encouraging them. It's helping them. And it's like, but like, I don't know. I, I, I just, (laughs) it's almost like you're raining on the parade. Like you're like, like, yeah, we know that like there's difficult, like we know that it's there, but it's like, just let's be more real. I don't know. There's, there's gotta be a more progressive mindset that we could take to it. Like, It's just not like every day, like some people talk about marriage, like it's just like you're in the, in the gym grinding the whole time and it's like not fun at all. And it's like, that's not healthy. Yeah. (laughs) That's not a healthy way to think about it. I told you about the video I watched the other day, right? Where this woman was interviewed after her husband passed away. Oh, that he made her. Yeah. Yeah. I just think about that and like share, that share the story I, I will um i just saw this video on instagram it's not like a person i know um 
that was um, somebody asked her, like, what, who was the love of your life? What's your love story? And she said, the love of my life was my husband of 41 years. Um, you know, and she described how they met and what she loved about him, about what she loved about his personality, how much, you know, like his character and his vivaciousness and his love of life meant to her. And she, she was like, we were married for 41 years and I just giggled for 41 years. And I thought that was so sweet Mm -hmm. and pure and tender. And I just like, I want to be able to say that. I mean, hopefully for longer than that, but you know, like I want to be able to say, I just giggled, you know, I just had a good time. I was married to my best friend. And I mean, hopefully, I mean, hopefully we just die at the same time. And so neither of us has to say those things. <laughs> you know, I was like, thinking the whole time, like, you're talking like you neither know. one of us has to say that. <laughs> but, you know, like, if we did, I'd want it to be something like that. Like, yeah. my marriage was not perfect. It was difficult at times. Like, it was, there were challenges, you know. But, like, it was beautiful and enjoyable and fun and a gift. Yeah. A gift. And I think it is super easy, especially when, you know, you have hard days and you might be short with each other or somebody says something that you don't want them to say. And, you know, it's, it's easy to be selfish and I'm super, super good at doing that, you know, asserting my own needs and saying what I want, maybe rather than always listening. And that's something that I want to work on and that I try to work on is remembering that, you know, we both matter in this. And I spend a lot of time thinking about you and thinking about your needs and what matters too. But sometimes some things feel more important because they're what I want to do <laughs> than maybe what you want to do. But at the end of the day, like it's so important to remember that you're on the same team yeah, and that you're fighting for the same thing and that you get to end the day with the same person. And I feel like there's so much comfort and just... I don't know, like simplicity in that. Speaking of ending ending the day. You talking about our king bed? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about our king Listen, bed. Listen, a king bed is the backbone to a marriage. That's what I've said. We bought a king bed about a month ago, and it is a game changer. It really is. Like, I feel like we have so much room. Yeah, it is. I don't want to oversell it. <laughs> People have probably slept in a king bed before. Well, <laughs> Listen, we've met, we've <laughs> met. I feel like no one has heard of this. Well, I'm just saying we've met married couples that have not. And mm. it, well. it's just, I, I believe that I have slept better since, because you just ha- well, I mean, have more up room. Until, up until we moved in this house, we didn't have room. Like our room was too small. So we probably could have fit one in Evansville. It, well, yeah, but here, our last house, it would have been a bedroom, meaning a bed in a room. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, the rooms there were a lot smaller, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, that has been a good addition to this mm-hmm. house. And then it also allowed us to move our bed into the remaining empty room in this house. So now every room is filled. Right now we have our Christmas decorations up, and it just it's a it's a very cozy feel. Uh, our house backs up to some woods, so the only bad part was we had a bunch of leaves get dumped from the fall that we are still raking up we have like i think we bagged 16 bags of leaves yeah another fun time for teamwork 
Yes, exactly. So that's uh, that's going to be a lot of work, but we are hoping for a good snow at some point this winter just to kind of experience this house and see what it looks like in the winter. What's really cool is that Emily's grandparents, as she said, they her grandfather built this house, and so they lived here for 40 or so years, and they kept photo albums mm-hmm. of like what felt like every season, at least during the 90s and early 2000s. And those photo albums are here in this house still. And so when we moved in, we went through and it was really cool to see like our house that we live in now and what it looked like in the early 90s and the late 90s and early 2000s and seeing what it looked like in different seasons so that you kind of had an idea. So like seeing it, you know, on a really, really snowy day, it made me just excited for, for what that's going to be like. And so our cats have loved it. We've got some big windows that they can sit by. They've really enjoyed the sunlight. And so mm-hmm. it was really, really, really hard. Um, I, I guess we probably should touch on this just briefly. I mean, it was really hard to move out of our previous home, especially for me because yeah. of the experience that I had going through the tornado. And getting to move back into that house was truly just a, a, a really, really special thing because – I hated that. I hated the idea of our last night there being the tornado night Mm -hmm. and to see the house restored and rebuilt and full of life again was awesome. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was really bittersweet to move out. I think when we finally did a lot of the emotions that maybe I had bottled up from that night, uh, especially as I kind of went to the basement for the final time and looked into the room where I took shelter. It just was a lot of emotions came flooding back pretty heavily. And just knowing like, this is the last time I'll be in this house that really meant so much to us. I mean, we moved into that house, like right. I moved in there, right. As I turned 30, it was on the heels of my tennis team in Evansville losing in the state finals. And I turned 30 the next day or that day that I moved down here, uh, and so I was like all these changes where I was moving cities. I was leaving this job that I loved and I was turning 30. It was just like all at once. And so we did that. Then the next year was COVID and then the tornado happened. And it was like, there was just a lot that happened in that house. And it was just a really pivotal time. And I just, I get naturally just get really sentimental about mm-hmm. places, especially places that I have occupied and, and li- you know lived and those sort of things. And so that was really hard to move uh, and say goodbye to that house, but it's, it's filled now with a, a, a nice guy who's got kids that live there, and that's really beautiful to know and see. And so um, that's comforting. But it, it's this has been a good change. It's been a mm-hmm. good a good uh, new season of life, and, and I think we've adjusted well to it. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. <laughs> Makes me think of the very good talk mm-hmm. show. Robin, do you have anything to add? No. I think this is too niche for the podcast. Yeah. I don't know if, if you're an SNL fan, then you'll <laughs> know get what that. we're talking about. Well, until next year, well, maybe we will have another <gasps> book episode. We'll see. I think the people need it. I think they do. I think they need mm. to know some winter reads. Emily's dying to come back on here and talk about uh. books again. So if you missed that episode, scroll back a few. There was an episode that we did earlier this year where Emily. Was it July? July or August. June? Yeah, sometime earlier this year. But Emily recapped some of her favorite books, and it was a, it was a, it was a fun episode. So uh, I'm sure you'll be on again soon. But if not, next year we'll w- be back. Would be an honor. Would be an honor, I'm, truly. I know. You have. We didn't even talk about the reading room in the house. Well, 
was, that's I that was, that's the last thing that we need to say. I was leaving that up to you. We now have a reading room in which I haven't really read in there, but that's just where <laughs> all my books live. Um, so if you're interested at all in seeing my books or care anything about reading, you can follow my book account. What? Don't laugh at me. They care. Um, it's at Ms. E-M-S, always reading on Instagram. Just had to get that plug in there. Well, I mean, I, w- I feel like if I was listening to a podcast and somebody was talking about something, I'd be like, what are they talking about? Yeah. yeah Emily is an avid, avid reader. And so that episode that we did a few, uh, I don't know how long ago it was. It was like six months ago. Yeah. So uh, if you scroll back on the podcast feed, you will, you will see it. But as always, thank you guys for tuning in and allowing us to continue doing this show. And if you listen at all and you do enjoy it, it would mean a lot if you would take time to leave a review for this podcast, a five-star rating, and then an actual written review on Apple Podcasts. That really does help people uh, can see the show that way and know if it's one that they want to listen to. And it also just allows me to get some feedback. I don't always get a ton of feedback and hear from people that listen. So if you have listened before or you're listening to this episode and uh, and you've enjoyed it, feel free to reach out. I'm on Twitter and I guess it's called X now. I still call it Twitter. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at Cole Claiborne. Uh, my website is coldclayborne.com. Uh, so I'd love to hear from you. And then if you want to, feel free to share this with a friend or a loved one. So do you want to plug any more? You... No, I just feel like people, when you have people on your podcast, you're like, how can people reach you? Oh, I do that. Yes. But I, you didn't give me the chance to do that yet. Okay. You've already plugged yours. Any other ways you, you want to like share your Tumblr or I don't have a Tumblr. something? <laughs> I actually want to share my MySpace. Your Zanga? What's that? You didn't have Zanga? I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh. Is it? That sounds like Jenga. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Um, I am Emily Claiborne on Instagram, and then mostly at my book account because I don't post much on my personal account because all I do is read. Hence, M's always all reading. All I do is read, 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 no matter what. Yeah, right. Well, thank you guys for listening. This was so much fun. We always love recapping the previous year, and I will be back in 2024 with new episodes but in the meantime i hope you guys find some time to relax and not be in a hurry and we'll catch you next year